to compete at the next level in any sport, it takes a lot of work on and off the field. So today, our guest is going to share his experience and how he prepared himself for the collegiate game, even after serving a two-year mission for his church, and how he was able to end up being a starter at the Division I level in college football. You don't want to miss this episode of The Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game time, If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson, coming at you with yet another amazing interview. Before we get started, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can catch all the interviews moving forward. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Audible. If you guys like, you know, audiobooks and you want a free trial for 30 days, go to audibletrial.com slash the Game Time Guru. Get your favorite Audible or get your favorite audiobook from Audible. 30-day free trial. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash the Game Time Guru. Major shout out to all the listeners so far. I mean, we've already reached 49,000 downloads in 79 different countries. We're taking this thing global, and today we're bringing on yet another amazing guest. Like I said, his name is Kekoa Nawahine, and he was a former Boy State football player. And we're going to talk about his whole experience uh, playing collegiate football as well as what he's doing now. We're going to kind of get the backstory too. So, Kekoa, thanks for joining the show, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. So funny story for everybody who's listening, like, and Keiko, you may not even remember this, but uh, it's probably been 10 years. I was trying to think in my head, has it been 10 years, maybe nine years ago? Um, I was playing basketball at a local gym of ours here in Boise, Idaho. It's actually Meridian. And your older brother and your dad were playing. And I remember you were playing too, but you had to have been in the eighth or ninth grade at the time. You were just a young gun. And uh, I had just returned from a church mission. So I was playing with your, your dad and your brother and, and you came playing. And I just remember like the family, like, I just remember you guys like always playing ball. You're always competing. And I thought it was super cool. I was like, Oh, okay. And I got, I got to know your older brother a little bit better and your dad just through, through basketball. And then you guys played in a Bam Jam basketball tournament. Um, and I just remember them playing in the adult league, but you were actually playing with them. If I'm not mistaken, you were young, man. Like, yes. I was like, this is super dope. Like these guys are playing, but I didn't really, I didn't even know who you were. And then your name kind of resurfaced probably about three years later, if I'm not mistaken. And then all of a sudden the, the, the word was coming out that this kid over here at Rocky Mountain High School, local high school here in Meridian, Idaho, was going to, you know, accept an offer over to Boise State. And then I started reading it in the paper. I'm like, I know that guy. That was the kid I was playing basketball against, but he was just a young guy. Now he's gotten bigger and, like, obviously more athletic. Like, I was like, holy cow. Do you remember that at all? Like, me playing basketball with you and your, your, your brother and your dad at all? Yeah, no. Yeah, I remember those times, especially that first tournament in Bam Jam. I think I was, like, 15. 15 or so playing with these like 30 year old guys plus <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. I, I, yeah I do remember that uh what was the gym was it at uh was it axiom or gold yeah it was it was at axiom it was axiom here in meridian idaho and it's just a little half court because they had already taken it with parisi speed school or whatever it was off the field i don't know if off the field was actually it wasn't that name yet but yeah. it was right there yeah and then yeah. you guys were playing and uh i remember you know your dad was kind of frustrated because they're competitive and you guys had lost in the tournament and I remember just thinking, like, well, what did they – like, you're 15. Yeah, I didn't know you were 15, but I was like, dude, they, I mean, that's awesome. They're competing with, like, their family crew. And I remember, like, you guys were walking past us on the other court because we were playing back-to-back with you guys, and I was just saying what's up to your dad and your brother. Your, da- your brother was cool, you know, just you know, whatever. Your dad was – he was upset. You guys lost. I was like, this is awesome, dude. They're so competitive, and I love it, man. So I've always had a massive respect for your family. I think it's super cool. And, 
just remember you just watching you from afar to kind of like evolve into this athlete. Now, Kikoa, tell us a little bit about your athletic background. Like, obviously, I knew you from when you were a teenager, but like, when did you start playing football and basketball and getting into sports, really? Yeah, honestly, like in the story that you were just talking about, like, I've just been playing football, basketball, and even baseball when I was younger, ever since, ever since I can remember, like, ever since I could walk. I've always been playing sports, you know, that's just kind of a big thing that's bonded our family, especially is just, you know, those, those weekends where we're out in the backyard and we're playing volleyball or we're playing something, just competing, playing basketball, whatever it is. So I honestly, I've just been around sports my whole entire life and I've got five siblings as well. And everybody, you know, plays sports and it's just been what we've grown up around and what we love doing. And so, I mean, I've started, yeah, like to answer that question, I started when I was super young and, I just always knew from the very start that football is what I loved the most out of any of the sports that I played. I played football, basketball, and baseball until I got in high school. I stopped playing baseball. Um, and I just loved football. I love everything about it. I just, it was never got, it never got boring to me. You know, anything about the game was always, was always a big deal for me. And just being able to have, being able to share that bond with my family and that competition and everything um kind of set the tone throughout the rest of my career I guess I would say and even today I know like the things I love the most is having a backyard barbecue or we're out playing volleyball we're out playing basketball or whatever it is and so it never gets old to me for sure I think that's awesome man like it's just super cool here and here in the background and it kind of just for me kind of knowing a little bit about your family just kind of how close you guys are and you know competitive at the same time I think it's just super cool It makes sense now that you're saying that. Now, I have a question for you. Someone who played multiple sports, we brought this up on the show a couple of times, the, the multi-sport athletes. You know, what's your opinion on multi Do you think that, you know, do you feel, in your own opinion, that these athletes should be, you know, experiencing in other sports or should they focus on one? Because obviously at some point you had to focus on what you wanted to do. You said football. You knew it was going to kind of be like the one you wanted to hone in on. Eventually you did that. But at what point did you do that where you decided football was this? Did you play basketball and football all through high school or did you focus on one? And do you think it's good for people to play multiple sports? Without a doubt, I think people should, especially while they're young, play as many sports as they can. Um, yeah, I think, like, so all through high school, to answer the question, all through high school, I played football and basketball until I graduated. And the reason I stopped playing baseball is because I felt like there was a time and a season that I needed to be able to focus more on football. And to play three sports would be hard to kind of start to excel in one for me and what I thought, especially going to Rocky Mountain, a bigger school. And I knew I wanted to spend that time training for football. But I also knew that I didn't want football to be the only sport that I played. And I loved basketball. And I think there's a lot of skills that you gain in other sports that that translate over, especially to football. So like baseball, you got hand-eye coordination, ball skills. Like being able to hit a baseball is going to translate – or like track a baseball down when it's, if you're in the outfield, whatever, catching is going to translate to ball skills in football. I think I'm a big believer that it does. And basketball being smooth and skilled and um, athletic, jumping, explosive, it all translates to football. So I think the more sports you can play, especially at a young age, um, the better off you're going to be. You're going to develop a lot more skills and talents and abilities than if you were to just specialize in one. Uh, But I do think that there comes a point depending on the high school that you go to, but I think there's a, that comes a point in high school where you need to be able to be putting in extra work to the sport that you like more, the sport that you want to, if you want to carry on a career in or play at the next level, 
there's definitely work that needs to be put in outside of the season to be able to excel at that sport. It's a really good point. I mean, I brought that up on the show before as well. Just the idea of like when you nowadays to be able to excel at the next level, like you just said, it, it takes a lot of work off the field, off season. You got to put a lot of work in and, and hone in on that skill set. So there is a time where I think you got to kind of shift focus. It seems like that's when, you know, you realize in high school baseball, you know, I got to start putting that aside so I can focus on the other stuff. So, you know, the next part of your career, though, like, I mean, you're in high school, you're starting to excel. Your, your name's, like I said before, your name was popping up in the news a lot. I was like, man, that's that one kid I was playing ball with. Holy cow, what the heck? And then, like, Boise State's throwing you off. Or, you know, Chris Peterson was there at the time. And then you're leaving on a church mission. And mm-hmm. for, for those who are listening, uh, like a church mission like you served, it's a two-year mission. Uh, I served one as well. And when I was in Brazil, I would like people to understand this. Like, this is what – they don't really respect it a lot until like you actually understand what this does to you as a, from a physical standpoint. Okay. I was in Brazil. I came back as a skeleton, man. I came back at 170 pounds. I'd lost 30 pounds of, I was just a disgusting skeleton. I wish I was a little skinnier than I am now, but like, no, back then I was bad. Like two years on a mission. It was great. I learned a lot of things on my mission. It was fantastic for life skills and all this stuff. But in regards to my physical nature, it was different. And so I've always wondered, and I wanted to ask like, cause you came back from your mission and then immediately went into football and you started to be able to, you know, grow and get back and get your body into shape and all this stuff and be able to contribute. What was that like? Was it hard transitioning from being gone for two years after being like this top tier athlete in high school, being gone for two years and then having to get right back into football? Oh yeah. That the freshman year was probably, and like that summer leading up to it was by far my hardest year of football that I had ever experienced. Like coming back and I'd worked out on my mission, like, um I would get up earlier like typically wake up at 6 30 but you only they only give you about 30 minutes of of workout time so I'd wake up at 5 30 so I could get more in and I thought I was working hard like I was working out pretty decent and, and doing well like one of the high schools had given me permission to work out in their gym in the morning so I had a pretty good setup thought I was like staying in pretty good shape especially the last few months coming home and then I got into, like, football training. I came home 10 days before their summer program started at BSU. And uh, just got my butt whooped, like, all summer long. Like, first workout I remember doing was stadium decks. So we'll run the upper decks at BSU. And we don't run the stairs. We'll run the bleacher part of it. And so it's like a, it's like a big, big gap, like a power lunge almost going up. And you're just sprinting up it. And um, – the the guys that were there it's like the older guys that had been there since the spring were on like 11 or 12 reps and the new guys just had to do six and I was like oh I'm gonna do 12 with everybody else you know what I mean like I can't just hold myself to a lower standard I'm gonna push myself blah 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 and I got to like three reps and I was like <laughs> done like I was like okay <laughs> I don't even know if I'm gonna make it to six on this so I got to six luckily and then just barely made it down the stadium decks and so that whole summer Physically, it was a big, big transition for me, but especially mentally, too. Like, I've been away from the game for two years, and I almost felt like I didn't even know what football was coming back to college and learning it at, at that level. But it was a huge transition for me physically and mentally. Yeah, and it, what's weird is I remember – this is super strange, too. I just remember you being on campus because I was still in school at the time. I'm a, I'm a late bloomer, what they call it. I didn't graduate until I was 28. But anyways, I was, on, I was on campus, and I saw you walking around. I'm like – didn't he just get home? Like, I just remember like seeing you randomly walk by um, and I'm like, 
he just got home and then you were like immediately into the fire. Like it was like crazy. So uh, you just went right into it. And a lot of people, they look at schools such as like BYU and other schools that, you know, have, you know, guys in similar situations that, that serve church missions or whatever it may be, or gone for an extended period of time and they come back and they don't realize the work that it takes to like get yourself back into shape. It's not like you're, you were working out, but it's not like you're doing football workouts for those two years. You know what I mean? And you just kind of ex- elaborated on that. So I appreciate that. It's, it's a big, it's a big gap uh, and you got to get back to it mentally. Now, while you're at Boise State, what was like, especially as a young guy, your freshman year, what was the biggest, I guess, learning aspect there, like in the football program? Was it, what was the biggest thing that you learned? What was the toughest thing you went through outside of coming back and getting into shape? But what was the toughest thing you learned? And maybe who was, who was an influential teammate or a coach that kind of helped push you through there? Um, so the coach that I would say that really helped me and it's interesting because he helped me. Well, so the coach that helped me a lot was Coach Avalos, Andy Avalos, when when I came in. And Avalos is a great coach, extremely smart, um, and he will get on you. Like he will get on you, and if you're not in the right headspace, like it can it can go one of two ways. You can learn from it and grow and, and get a lot better or you can kind of use it to feel sorry for yourself. And so having him there to push me to get out of my comfort zone, especially in the first year coming out back to BSU and to, to expect a lot more from me than I realized that I needed to be able to, to produce was really good for me. And the biggest thing that I learned, um, I, was, I would say especially from early on and just in life is not to be scared to get out of your comfort zone, not to be scared to do the things that you don't feel as confident in because there's only really one way to get better at those things. And that's to just face them head on. You know, the more, the more we kind of shy away from them and, and don't try to face those things head on, just the, the more insecure we're going to feel about them and the less comfortable we're going to feel doing those things. And so I was put in a situation, like you said, like trial by fire. I just got thrown right back in for my mission and I had to learn how to deal with a lot of things that were uncomfortable for me. And by just facing them head on and realizing that they weren't really strengths for me at that point, but wanting them to be was what helped me to grow a lot faster than if I was to kind of just, you know, sit back and, and let things kind of happen at their own pace rather than make them happen at the pace that I wanted them to and to turn them into strengths rather than things that were uncomfortable for me. I dig that, man. That's actually really, really cool. I'm sure there's a lot of athletes that can relate to that too. So it's cool you shared that experience because guys, the the ones who are listening here right now, like Kekoa, you had a really solid career at Boise State. I mean, one of the things I always mention too, like to to people who would like, you know, be talking about all the football program. So just as for the record for, for yourself and anybody else out there that may not know already, I'm a huge Ohio State Buckeyes fan. Okay. So I, I'm from here. But since 1995, Eddie George is my favorite player. So I've been a Buckeyes fan since I was in second grade. And uh, it, I host a show out of Columbus as well for one of their talk shows. And, and um, a lot of the Buckeyes fans, I have a lot of them on Twitter. We, we banter back and forth about, like, oh, Boise State's athletes compared to Ohio State, this, that, and the third. But I always talk to them, and they're asking me questions about, well, who's Boise State's players, and what do they do, and what's their strengths? And whenever I referenced your name, the one thing that I always said was, like, your ability, like your IQ for football – was phenomenal to me. I was like, it didn't matter if you 
might not have had the speed advantage against a, a certain player, but you understood where the ball was going. You were really good at like understanding the play and how it was developing and how to get to a spot. And that's what I always admired about you. Where did you get your IQ from? Did it come from, was that like a natural instinct that you just had to continue to work on? Or was that something like you, one of those, uh, I guess, weaknesses that you turned into a strength, like you just mentioned, where did that IQ come from? And how did you strengthen that? I think there's definitely like instinctual parts to the game. Like anyone will be able to tell you that sometimes you just got to be able to rely on your instincts. And I think naturally that was there for me um, just throughout my life of, of just being instinctual and going out and making a play. But, like I was saying, what was so tough for me mentally, getting back from my, my mission, was understanding the game. Like I, like I said, I just didn't feel like I knew football at all when I got back. Like I'm learning this new defense and all these different things that I got to look at and all these different things that I got to maybe check to or, or understand what the offense is doing. And the game was just so fast for me that like that was not comfortable for me at all. Like that was one of those moments where I was just like not comfortable with how I felt when I was out there. Like I wasn't confident in the play or the call that I needed to make or even what I was, like I didn't even know what the offense was doing at that point when I first came back. Like I just wanted to make sure I could make the right call. And a lot of times I wasn't confident in that. And so that's where I, that's where I really hammered the most is just studying, especially our defense so that I understood exactly what I needed to do. So that I knew when I was out there, I could be confident in at least making the right call. And knowing that that was where I could separate myself, um, especially being a new guy with a whole new coaching staff. None of the coaches really knew me that well. Like you said, Chris Peterson and his staff were the ones that had offered me when I was on my church mission, they left. So it was a whole new staff that came in. I came in and I was like third string of the freshmen coming in. You know what I mean? So I was just bottom of the barrel guy, but I knew that a way that I could separate myself was in the film room. And anytime a coach asked a question, being able to have the right answer. And a lot of guys um, weren't able to answer the right questions. And if you're, if you're a coach and you're calling on a guy that's, that's able to answer the question right every time and he's a new guy, that shows you a few things. One, it shows you that he can pick up the game quickly. And two, that he's putting in the effort to understand what is going on. And so that's where I really um, wanted to make an emphasis of separating myself and showing that not only am I going to have confidence in myself being out on the field, but the coach is going to have confident, confidence in putting me out there as well. So I think that's at the collegiate level and at the NFL level, and even in high school, obviously, that's where players can really separate themselves because everybody's got athleticism, explosiveness, explosiveness, blah, 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 all that. But where you can really separate yourself and, and be a playmaker and things like that is the mental side of the game. And and once you start to do that, the game slows down. You're able to use your athleticism more and just a lot of things compound on top of that. So that was, what, it was one of those areas that was uncomfortable for me. And I wanted to spend a lot of time in making that an area where I was confident and comfortable, where I could rely on my instinct. It's so awesome to hear that from a player's perspective. One of the things, Kikoa, that I absolutely hate when people say is when athletes are dumb jocks. I hate that. That's the whole reason I started this show is because I wanted to show that athletes aren't dumb jocks. The concept of what you were just saying right there, like the work that it takes, understanding a defense. I mean, you just mentioned something that some people might check to. Some people don't even know what that means, right? The majority of people don't even know what that means. Even athletes don't even know what that means. Like, there's certain things, even in the basketball world, you know, basketball was my focus. And even in boxing, they don't understand the intricacies of the game. Like I'll tell people like the reason that in, in a boxing match, it's important to stay on your front foot and keep your head forward and go into the punches and lean into them because you can always see them. People don't understand that. They're like, well, why don't you move back? And I'm like, 
once you understand the mental side of the things, like you were saying, you can rely on instincts and actually focus on actually executing. Um, mm -hmm. And it becomes second nature. In basketball, I used to struggle, especially early on in high school. Like it was hard for me to understand, okay, I got to set a pick here and then I got to go across the key. Oh, then I got to wait for the double screen to come up top to get the ball, but it's not my shot. I got to get it to the corner. Oh, but that's only if we're running this play. But if, if, right. if the point guard goes this direction, then I got to do this. And it was super hard. So I'd get caught up in the little tiny things like that. And I wasn't able to play my game. As soon as that clicked for me, I know other mm -hmm. people are like it. And that's kind of what you were saying. Once you can get that down and that side of it, is smooth then you rely on the athleticism and you let that kick in and you can just go um i think um, it's super cool it speaks volumes of the work that you put in um early on in your career especially at the collegiate level to be able to continue to continue to, to and then obviously by the end of your career you you had some had some you know, i mean accolades man you 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 played a lot and you were very instinctual and you had an amazing iq and it was just fun to watch you play now you're at boise state you've played with a lot of players um, you've played uh, some, and some interesting seasons and you've played against a lot of good teams and some good stadiums. So I want to, I want to ask you about that. That's kind of like the fun question. What was yeah. your favorite stadium that you played in? Um, my favorite stadium might've been Washington state or like Oregon state when we were playing there, just cause there was so much energy, like Washington state, my sophomore year, when we played at Washington state, <laughs> even though we lost the game, which is like, it's the worst to think back on that, that we lost that game when we were up by so much in the fourth quarter. Then they come back and we lose in like the third overtime. But that vibe of that whole environment was just like a really fun energy. And that's just as far as like playing outside of Boise State, because Boise State, like there's really, and I honestly mean this, like there's nothing like playing at home in front of the, on the blue in front of the Boise State crowd. But um, I love playing at Washington State just because there's was, there was a lot of energy in the air. Oklahoma State was was pretty cool, but I think Washington State was cooler. And then also the the Vegas Bowl my sophomore year when we played Oregon, that was a really fun environment as well. It's my first um, time being in like a fun bowl game. My freshman year was the Cactus Bowl and we kind of got blown out a little bit. So I always remember that, but um, I'd say my favorite stadium that I played at might have been Washington State. So it's interesting that you mentioned the Washington State game because that night I was actually in Columbus, Ohio for the Ohio State-Oklahoma game. And so I was watching Baker Mayfield take down my Buckeyes and it sucked. It was my first time in the shoe. But then I went directly after that game. It took us forever to get out of the shoe. Um, and I was like, dude, I, I got to go watch this game because it had already started. And I'm like, oh, cool. We're leading. I get over to the sports bar. It's the fourth quarter. It's the only sports bar at the time that was open that late in Columbus because it was a few hours ahead of, of uh, Pullmanford like for sure. But like even in Idaho was, I think it was two hours ahead. And, uh, it, uh, yeah, it was a brutal ending. Cause I'm the only Boise state fan there. Nobody understood why I was rooting for Boise state. I have all my Buckeyes gear on. Um, and so they're all sitting there under, not understanding why I'm pissed. My wife is mad at me cause I'm cursing up a storm in the sports bar, which I probably shouldn't have been doing. It was a bad example, but I was just like, I was freaking pissed watching that game. So you mentioned that. And I just like went down memory lane. I can't believe it's been that long, by the way. Uh, you mentioned your sophomore year. I was like, what? It's already yeah. that long ago. But uh, anywho, anywho, it's interesting. And, you know, it's, it's cool to hear the, the different places you've played. It's interesting you mentioned, you know, playing on the blue in, in front of the fans is, is cool because a lot of people will hate on that. Um, just a smaller stadium. I myself have been known to – I mean, I've been a Boise State guy my whole life. I've, been, I've lived here my entire life. So I had season tickets before – I mean, even when I was in college, I had season tickets. I didn't even use student tickets. I had season tickets all through school for like seven years. And 
I just I, I I stopped getting season tickets because I was kind of tired of the small small stadium environment. After I started going to some big football games a couple of years back, I was like, ah, I don't know about this, but it's cool to hear from a player's perspective, hear yeah. how much he enjoyed the crowd. Now, yeah. who would you say is the best player you played against? Let's go. Let's start there. Like, who was the best player you would say you played against? Whether that was someone you had to directly like guard, like you know, you had to defend them as they were a receiver. I don't know, like or a running back or whoever, or maybe it was just a, a defender on the other team. I don't know. But who was the best player you played against? Um, I never really guarded him, but I just thought he was a really solid player. And obviously he's having a successful career as well in the NFL. But Michael Gallup for Colorado State, I thought he was – I thought he was just really solid. Like, he was just – he was catching everything that they threw his way, and we were having a hard time with him. So I thought he was really solid. I thought Virginia's – receivers and running back were all really really solid as well I mean <laughs> I'm laughing about it but that game's hard to look back on as well because we got you know we got our butts whooped but their receivers and their um their running back especially were all solid guys big fast so yeah I would say Michael Gallup is the first guy that I could think of that that um was really good that we played against I never guarded him specifically but he had a good game against us, and I was just impressed with his game overall. And then Virginia's running back and receivers. So awesome. I'm a Cowboys fan, so there's there it is for everyone, Cowboys and Buckeyes. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan, so I like Gallup. It's cool to see him develop and into what he is now. And, yeah, I, I didn't actually – I didn't realize how good he was in college. He, I knew he had a, you know, a, a stellar career, but I didn't realize how good he was. So it's cool to hear you, you name drop him. And then that Virginia game, my goodness, I actually got on ESPN for being in the, the crowd and – I was pretty upset about that one from a fan's perspective, but it's interesting. You're, you're, you're mentioning these things and it's like bringing back memories for me, man. Um, so here's this. I asked you about the players you played against. What about the players you played with? Who, who would you say is your top three influential players that you played with? Like your favorite players you played with uh, throughout the duration of your career? Um, I mean, the first three quick ones, Leighton, obviously Leighton, my sophomore year was really fun with him. That was the year that he left, and that was the year that he blew up. Um, Layton's just a stud, like, overall hardworking dude, smart dude, and just a good guy, a good guy to be around. And I was able to learn a lot from him. And just I love playing with him. Obviously, like, his career at Boise State and his career in the NFL kind of speaks for itself as to the type of player that he is. But just the type of guy that he is as well, just a real good guy and, and easy to be around. Um, Second guy that I think of right off the bat, mostly be defensive guys because on defense we spend a lot, a lot of time together and have have more of a bond or influence on each other, whatever you would want to say. Because not to say that there wasn't a lot, a lot of great offensive players that I played with, but um, second guy I would say was Kaula Canijo. Um, dude is just a beast, and you know one of my one of my good friends that. You just know he's he's gonna work hard. He's gonna give everything that he's gotten. Also, really smart, really smart player, um, and just overall good dude. Like anytime that that you want to do extra work or just he, we had a really similar mentality when it comes to work and pushing yourself and understanding the game and just all those things. So we clicked really well in that way. And he's a he's a guy that's had a big influence on me um, playing as well. And the third guy, uh, I think of. I think of two people, um, DeAndre Pierce, you know, I, I kind of, we came in on the same year, played together and just kind of started together 
you know, throughout our careers. And then he had some injuries and, and didn't play. But um, that dude's also really smart, really good cover guy, really good um, open field tackler. And I was able to learn a lot from him in the game of football. He's, he's, he's actually really smart. The dude understands football really well. He's been around his whole life. His dad obviously played for a long time in the, the NFL and coaches now. So he understood the game really well. I was able to learn a lot from him. And uh, Tyson Maeva, he, he's not on Boise State anymore. He'd gotten kicked off, but that dude was a stud as well. Uh, just a good player, good guy, and also really smart. Understood the defense really well and what, you know, run gaps. And so there was a lot that I could learn from each one of those guys as far as mentality, as far as just learning the game, and just good guys to be around. That's awesome, man. Just, you know, the whole Boise State mentality that everyone calls like a blue collar mentality or whatever you want to call it. But like some guys, they're not these like five star recruits, not all of them, I should say, are not all five star recruits, like some of the big time power five schools get. Uh, but what, what's cool about it to me, especially hearing it from your perspective, is iron sharpens iron. You guys all made each other better. You guys all pushed each other to the next level. Um, and that's why you were able to compete with the best of the best. Like that's why this Boise State program, this Boise State culture can compete. Can you talk about the culture of Boise State University uh, and what impact that's had on you, you know, since the time you played there until now, actually? Yeah, and that's one of the things that being a local kid growing up watching Boise State, I just loved. That was one of the biggest things that you notice as a kid um, is just their mentality and the culture that they had there of just this underdog mentality, but it doesn't matter who we're going to go against. Um, they're going to be surprised by us, kind of kind of feel that I had from them. I went, me and my dad went down to Georgia when they played Georgia one year and they beat them. And I think that just kind of speaks to the type of mentality that I'm talking about. Old time Boise State where, I mean, yeah, it's not a power five conference, but these guys are going to come in and, and you're going to realize real quick what mentality, what work ethic and what all these things can do for you when it comes to, to playing a football game. That's just kind of the culture that it is at Boise State. Um, it's just that nobody's going to outwork us. Nobody's going to – all the things that we can control are going to be at their, their very top, at the very peak. And I've just always loved that throughout my whole life, you know, watching that at Boise State in football. But I think that translates over in, in any area that you're trying to pursue, whether it's business or just whatever. Like that mentality of the things that I can control, nobody's going to be able to do better than me at that nobody's going to work harder than me at that and just having like you said the blue collar <clears throat> mentality that I can control how hard I work how much effort I put into something and that's going to do or speak volumes for the progress that you're able to make and when it comes down to showtime game time whatever who you're playing you know it might be some power five big team conference whatever it doesn't matter at the end of the day who's been putting in more work you know because at that level, at the, at the D1 level, everybody's athletic. Everybody's got skills. And, yeah, there's some freaks that are the five stars that are just ridiculous. But mentality, effort, work ethic, everything goes a long way at that level. And that's always just been the culture at Boise State to, to work for everything and not be given anything. I like that. And it's cool because you see a lot of athletes like yourself that like go through that Boise State, whether it's basketball, football, whatever sport, and they go through the whole, the whole process. And then after football, life after football kind of, or life after sports, I should say, like continues on because you have that foundation built. And I think it's super cool. And that, that makes sense. Cause I can see like, you see all these other former athletes that 
are, you know, in their careers and they're doing really well because they have that foundation set. And it's super, super cool to, to hear that from your perspective as well. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk about in regards to your, your collegiate career, Keikoa, was uh, some injuries. Like, as an athlete, you know, there's athletes that listen to this show and they might be at the top of their game, but they go through unfortunate situations where they have an injury or something that might derail them. Uh, it might, or so they say, derail them. It might hinder them um, and put a little fork in the road, whatever it may be. Um, and I know that you, you've dealt with an injury, especially the, the last year. I was at the BYU game, and randomly, I just remember uh, you went off the field, and I was like, what happened? I didn't know what happened, but apparently it was like a knee injury or some, it was a leg injury. Um, mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot being said about it. I'm sure there was a reason that, you know, that we don't get that on the media, whatever. But I just remember being like, what, what just happened? But then, you know, you see these injuries, and, and, and you had to deal with it yourself. What is it like going through an injury, and how did you get yourself back to be able to play? Like, what, what does that do to you in a, from a mental standpoint? And how do you handle injuries as an athlete? Um, yeah, so at that game, <laughs> yeah, that game. So I would, I would consider myself very blessed um, throughout my, my athletic career as far as injuries go. I, I really only missed, I think it was like two games, two or three games out of my whole four years at Boise State due to an injury. And there was that leg injury at BYU. Um, and I had torn my MCL. That's, that's what it was. I tore my MCL in that game. Um, but the biggest thing for me in recovery, I would say in dealing with injuries is one, I never felt like sorry for myself, like that I had, that I had, that I had it happened. I think it's really easy to be like, why me? Like, why does this have to happen? Um, it was more like, okay, this isn't going to keep me down for long. And I was extremely blessed that it was an injury where I wasn't keep down for long. You know what I mean? Like there's people that break bones and they're out for months or there's people that tear their ACLs and they're out for a long time. And, um, I think Evan Tyler is a really good example of the mindset needed to be able to, to bounce back from injuries like that. So like more severe than the one that I had experienced because the dude is always just happy and in a good attitude and never, I think the biggest thing that you have to do the mentality that you need to have and to be able to recover from an injury long or short is to not be a victim, not, not feel sorry for yourself and understand what it's going to take through rehab to get better. And that was, that was my whole approach is I was just with the trainers. Like, okay, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Like, what am I trying to strengthen? What did I hurt? Cause I, it's not like I know a ton about the, the knee or the MCL, ACL, meniscus, whatever. I was like, what did I hurt? Um, they told me what, what things are going to start to weaken because I heard that. And so I wanted to understand why these, these certain rehab things are helping it. And by understanding that, that meant I could do more things on my own outside of what the trainers had given me to do like during practices or, or after practices. So I knew that I could go home and do these things because it's strengthening my quad or do these things because strengthening my hamstring, which will help be, help my knee be more stable so that I can, you know, um, get back out there quicker as long as, as these things are stable, my knee's stable, and obviously I have a brace on it, I'm going to be able to get out there quicker. So for me, it was, it was never feeling sorry for myself. It was just understanding what I needed to do, why I needed to do those things so that I could just put in more work to, to strengthen those things. And I think mentality, and I, I mentioned Evan Tyler because he's had a lot of injuries, but every time he's had an injury, I think he's more positive than anybody else on the team about it. You know what I mean? Like, that dude is 
is that dude's a great guy and the way that he handled it was was awesome for me to see um in when I got hurt and and just knowing that having a good attitude about something and being like okay well I can't change it what can I do to fix it what can I do to make it better make the situation better is what's going to pay off in the long run awesome I think that's super cool don't play the victim card there and and, and that's easier said than done like to not play the <laughs> not play the victim card. I mean, in, in all aspects of life, when we get down, something kind of blindsides us in this instance, it was a, is a, a knee injury. It can blindside you, whether that's what and it could be a divorce. It could be a loss of a job. It could be this, that, or the third, whatever. Um, the whole, I love that you said that like you didn't play the, the victim card. You didn't do the woe is me. Instead, you actually utilized your, your skill set of studying. You're a student of the game. You study and, and you kind of went in and studied in a sense you learned about these different aspects of how you can strengthen your legs to get back and get better. So you could have a full understanding of it. I like that a lot. It's something that we could all take in, you know, for, for ourselves. If you could wrap up your college career in one word at Boise state, what would it be? A dream. Like just a dream. I, ever since I was a kid, I dreamed of playing on that field and it just felt surreal to me my whole career there and, and being able to, to not only play, but be a starter for as long as I was. And just to be able to have that experience, it was just all a dream come true, for sure. So awesome, man. So Kekoa, you know, college is over. You know, we're, we're starting the next aspect of life, the next phase of life. We're going to take things to the next level. And uh, we want to hear about what's coming next for Kekoa Nawahine. Yeah, so obviously with like the coronavirus, things have been kind of crazy with Pro Day. And I mean, my dream's always been to play in the NFL since I was – since I could walk and, and understood what football was, I, I just knew that I wanted to play in the NFL. And so that's still my dream and my goal with the coronavirus and camps not being open and just a lot of uncertainty going around. Um, a lot of things out of my control, really. But I'm just, right now, I'm, I'm trying to work out, stay in shape so that if camps do open up and I do get an opportunity, I'm going to make the most out of the opportunity. If not, I mean, that's out of my control. I did everything that I could to, to make the most out of it, but I'm not going to get an opportunity and not make the most out of it. So right now for me, it's, it's uh, hoping that that opportunity comes. Um, but also I just got started training kids in football. So doing position specific training where I just get to share the, the knowledge that I've developed over the years and the passion that I've had for the game since I was a kid with, with other people that, that want to grow and become better. So I'll, you know, any age, I've, I've worked with nine-year-old kids, high schooler kids, kids that are just getting into high school, and then obviously some kids at Boise State as well. And I just want to work with anybody and just share that with anybody because it's obviously an area that I've spent a lot of my life trying to learn about and grow and, and, and um, understand better. And just being able to share that with other people that want that is, is something that, that I'm a lot more passionate about than going and getting a, a job that that I'm not passionate about. And so that's, that's what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to get that going where I'm working with kids and where they're able to come and get a lot of value and a lot of quality training um, out of it and just share the same things that, that have brought me passion and joy in my life. And so that's, that's what I'm doing right now while I'm waiting is, is, is coaching kids and helping them get better. I like that, man. So it's interesting. I just talked to Jerry Stackhouse, former NBA basketball player. You know, I spoke with him yesterday and he said he liked to always take the, the young guns under his wing and, and, you know, share his knowledge. And not everybody's like that for some reason. Sometimes 
the older guys don't want to share that knowledge for some reason. It's cool to see that you're doing that. You're sharing this knowledge with the younger generations coming up because you have all this, you have the skill set. So why not help others get to that next level? Now, if, if uh, let's say we've got parents around here, they've got kids that want to get better at the sport they're playing. They want to get a hold of you, Kikoa. How do they do that to, you know, kind of schedule some time out to, to do some of these training sessions with you? So the easiest way is probably just a, a direct message through Instagram or Twitter. My Instagram is just Kikoa Nawahine 10. And then my Twitter is just um, at Kekoa Kapono. So just a message through there, and then we can get some details figured out. I'll probably just give them my number on there. But uh, messaging through social media is probably the easiest way right now to get a hold of me, and then we'll get things figured out. But like I said, again, I just love to work with anybody that, that wants to work and, and is willing to put in extra time outside of their season to work. I know that there's a lot of benefit and growth that comes from that. Heck yeah. I'll make sure to put the links in the description here so you guys can see that for his uh, social handles on Instagram and Twitter, like you just mentioned. And Keiko, I really just want to say thank you uh, for sharing your journey with us, your, 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 your knowledge, your experience, and uh, for just being willing to share your story because that's what this show is all about. So thank you so much for joining the show. Yeah, man. I really appreciate you having me on. I had a fun time. Absolutely. And for all those who are listening, make sure to share this with your friends and family, anyone who's a, who's a fan of the sport of football, who's a Boise State fan, or anybody who just wants to get better, share this with them. And if you guys like the show, leave me a, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It would really help me out. And you guys know the drill. I'll talk to you next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.